0: Trade deadline day. It's an interesting day in the NBA. Players going out, players coming in. Special, special, special. It's been a long day. Special shout out to my friend, Son's Geek, who stood alongside me as we reacted to all the things that occurred at the trade deadline. If you haven't had a chance to watch that show or listen to that podcast, I highly recommend you do. It was a good time doing it with my buddy, Brandon and uh, you know the trade deadline's a fun day it's the last grasp before the next last grasp which is the buyout market which happens March 1st so uh, plenty to talk about relative to that but after everything was said and done the Phoenix Suns still had to play a game tonight against a pesky jazz team a team that over the past few games 13 games are seven and six but they have one of the highest offensive ratings in the league they also have one of the uh, highest or lowest however you look at it worst defensive ratings which was kind of like the hawks right the hawks are a team that have a great offensive rating of really bad defense and the suns couldn't survive them well tonight even without devin booker the phoenix suns had really no issue with the utah jazz a team that also sent out three players today the suns sent out four down booker shorthanded no problem dispatching the Utah Jazz. So Matthew, this win for the Phoenix Suns is a season series sweep against the Jazz. It's the first time that has happened since 1982, 1983 wow. season. And I had another stat in there, but I forget what it was. <laughs> so how are you doing? I
1: haven't seen you all day. Trade <laughs> yeah. everything. We got to get all your points of view, too. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. And uh, I was trying to join, but there was a check float issue at work. And it took about two hours to figure out. No, so. you should
0: have said I was trying to join, but then security kicked me out again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I thought I lost I lost my AirPods, the case. Oh, I was like, no. dude, did I leave it at the game? No, it was after I looked today again. It was in my pocket still. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I was How nervous about it. that. I was like, damn it, dude. Um, but yeah, so yeah, but thanks for holding it down, Sons Geek. I didn't watch it, didn't have time really. So um it wasn't that crazy of a trade deadline so but you, i think he was on for like two hours right hour and 40 minutes he went i yeah, had I an hour we i had still to get live. into a I'm meeting like, what? i'm like john still on <laughs> he's like and he's like is it okay
0: key. if i hijack your podcast i'm like absolutely man do it to it yeah. i gotta get back to work you know the That's door was cool. shut there's people who are up there with the their a glass to the Door trying to hear what I'm talking about. I'm like, dude, just go on YouTube. You you can see it's literally happening right now. But yeah. I got I, I have to get back to work so it's again, yeah, it's live. Are we live? Are we live right now? <laughs> what's what's going on? Uh, but plenty to talk about when it comes to the jazz game. That's how I want to kind of start. I want to start with the jazz game, uh, or maybe the trade deadline. I don't know where we'll start, but we will start by thanking Biscuits in the Bear for $14 in the super chat. It says great series sweep. All with over 30 plus assists, time to bring in to bring on the second series sweep on Saturday. That's right, we play the Golden State Warriors, who we have not lost to yet this season as well on Saturday. So that'll be an exciting game. And again, thank you, Biscuits and the Bear. Uh, Suns Fever says hashtag free Lissy
1: because uh, you were kicked out of the game. <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah. You know what? Just really quick, they did have the AEW event like the next night. Uh, so maybe that was why but it still was weird it was so weird. I'll, I'll talk to uh palmer Ish- about
0: it you'd Just- you be like listen i gotta talk to matt, uh, matt ishbia he said i could do this it's right here on the phone okay yeah let me give him a call let me <laughs> give <him> a call <laughs> <laughs> a reminder ladies and gentlemen you can follow me at darth void and read all my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. of the sun.com we had some fantastic coverage of the trade deadline so if you have any questions about the trade deadline what's the sun's assets were what they're gonna be all that fun stuff check out brightsideofthesun.com you can follow Matthew I'm Matthew Lissy and you can follow the show at sun's jam and all your major social media outlets we're gonna pop them if we got them I've got jazz tears right here listen to this it goes Meow. when you open it it's a funny sound Meow. that's funny huh that is weird talk about the win and the trade deadline the Utah best by the finals score 129 to 115 as the Phoenix Suns sweep the season series against the Jazz and yes that was the statistic i was thinking of the Suns had a season high tonight 37 assists their previous season high was 36 which occurred against the Utah Jazz and 35 which occurred against the uh let's see checking notes Utah Jazz uh, this is a team that all season long, the Suns have had no issue moving the ball and taking advantage of them. I wish we played them all the time. Uh, our lowest t- uh, total this season was on the 28th of October against the Jazz was 31. So every game we played against the Jazz, we had 31 assists, which brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty, mate, I've got to ask. I've got just a simple two-word question for you, Matthew. Yeah. Point. Alan? Hi, Barbie. Oh, hi, Alan. Oh, 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 oh.
1: Oh, 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 oh. Oh, Grayson, Grayson, Alan, our fuck shit up
0: guy.
1: i mean what else can he not do dude (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's already in the chat john nelson allen our point guard yeah he is right he's he's the guard that we've been missing um but him stepping up of course again when another big three member is out he just constantly comes through and then when they're healthy he's kind of just the other guy right but he just knows when to step up when the other guy's out and The biggest thing for this team was just finding the way to facilitate the ball without Devin Booker, and if even if it had to do with just Kevin Durant and Beal, who their numbers look good too tonight. They got to figure it out, and I think with Allen's performance tonight, just makes you feel a little bit better, right, about this team moving forward. And the turnovers are down the last few games; like it's just those are the things that you kind of were looking for for them to improve. And with games like this, it makes you feel a little bit better for sure.
0: No point guard, no problem, at least against the Jazz. That's for goddamn sure. Yeah, Grayson Allen tonight ends with a total of eight points, just eight points, 35 minutes played, just eight points, two of three from beyond the arc, 14 assists, ladies and jamsters. His previous career high was eight He almost doubled it up. He had zero assists in the fourth quarter. He had 14 assists through three quarters. So he was fighting his open teammates. And part of that is his open teammates were knocking down the shots. Eric Gordon had a couple of big threes in the third quarter. That occurred on the fast break where Allen was doing a fist pump after he made him because he's like, I got another assist baby. I don't know what that total is, but I I know I'm having a career night. But it just goes to show you that when we have that starting five that includes both Yusuf Nurkic and Grayson Allen, that you have people who can facilitate and pass. They might not always need to. They might not always are asked to, but they have the capacity to do so. And you have the offensive firepower that can knock down the shots. So what we saw tonight, it was a great game for Grayson Allen. I liked leading off with him because with Devin Booker out, we have our highest assist total on the season. We end up shooting a total of uh, 59.1% from the field. Okay, that is our sixth best game. God, we've shot over 60% from the field in six games this season geez uh, uh yeah <laughs> that's good
1: <laughs> it's really- uh you know the team just feels relieved i feel like after the trade deadline it's it's over yeah the yes. team set you even saw nazir little like these guys just felt different out there they look different and you can tell by them knocking down the shot but just their body language is just like oh more relaxed they're like thank god it's over now we can just play basketball i survived like i feel free now right so that's the way they play it all game and that's the way they'll be playing the rest of the season, right? And uh not this I, way all the time, but you can just see it in their eyes. They're like, all right, we're ready to finish the season off ahead to the playoffs.
0: I thought that was goddamn Steve Nash out there tonight. I was like, who's this white boy passing the ball around? <laughs> I'm like, oh, is that Steven Nash? Like, No, that's Grayson Allen, a former member of the Utah Jazz, if I remember correctly. So he was going at his, uh, his former team and... Yeah, John Tran says in the chat, they had unclenched the butts tonight because their yes. the trade deadline has come and gone. Uh, shout out to David in the oh chat my. real quick. Says, love the Suns jam pod squad. When are you guys making a t-shirt? Go Suns. Uh, a couple things there, David. One, thank you for the $4.99. In the super chat and two if you follow the link on the youtube page we have a link to our Redbubble page which has a bunch of our son's jam session merch as well as other designs that i've created when i'm bored there as well some fun stuff there so again thank you for your support thank you to everybody who's watching for your support make sure you hit that thumbs up button if you happen to be here it helps with the algorithms and lets people know we're the funnest place the most fun funnest i used to say that growing up my sister used to it's not funnest okay it's most (laughs) fun (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Bonnie Ann. Okay. Well, we can say it on here. Yes, yeah, take that. We can that, get away. I can get away. Take that, it. Bonnie. The funnest place to come after the after Suns wins, and the best place to come after a Suns loss, where you have a good therapy session, you hang out with John and Matthew, right here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. I do want to talk a little bit about Kevin Durant because he had a really, really good
1: game. Who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Dude!
0: Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see
1: anything? I'm one of the best players to ever played a game. I don't even know if Matthew oh, was watching. You added see. the dunk.
0: You didn't see the words, did you? You no, looked I was away. Looking at my notes.
1: I know. Don't play it again. I was watch.
0: I was watching you. I'm like Matthew's not looking. That I changed that drop. Now, (laughs) if you're listening, it's the same drop. But if you're watching, you see I changed that up a little bit. I put the dunk over Giannis at the very end of the drop, and I added, you know, Kevin Durant's words in there. I thought it was time to give it a little bit of an upgrade because that's been the same one he's had since he joined the team one year ago, effective today. So on the one year anniversary of acquiring Kevin Durant, I thought I changed at least the visual aspect of his drop. So thank you, Matthew, for paying attention. Thirty-one points from Kevin Durant <laughs> tonight. Eight rebounds, seven assists, three steals, two blocks, and a chemistry with Kevin or Kevin <laughs> Kevin Eubanks. <laughs> which Drew Eubanks? Call him that. <laughs> That's why people are leaving the podcast. They're like, oh my god, they can't even get the guys' names right. <laughs> Drew Eubanks. the The chemistry that they were building. Uh, And have built throughout the season was highly effective tonight at a key point in the game, almost to the point where Kevin Durant could have scored some more points, but he wanted to get his buddy Drew Eubanks involved. What do you see from Kevin Durant tonight?
1: That's the most important thing that I did see was him teaching Eubanks even on the sidelines, like them sitting there talking on the break. That was perfect. I love seeing that, man. And it was like really enthused eubanks is like but what about this like you can tell like during the game too like eubanks needed that boost of confidence because there's a few plays there where like eubanks just go up and try to dunk and draw a foul or something he would lose the ball going up to start the game and he started to get it going and like he said like kd was finding him and then kd was teaching bowl too on the sideline like he's just like going over whatever they're looking at you know plays old play there you go Yeah, yeah, but that's good. Because Katie's like, like, we need... These are the biggest X factors going into the playoffs. Bull Bull and Eubanks for me. Those guys have to be confident playing. We need that size. If we don't have them, we don't have that backup center. Maybe the buyout, who knows. But we need that size heading into the playoffs. And he's probably just taking every moment he can to teach these guys. And hopefully they're actually absorbing it. And it seems like they are. Eubanks just has to get going, dude. And I think Durant loves him. He does. Mm -hmm. But you can see, see, like... The, even like when you is going up for the dunks and you see on the sideline, you could see like Booker, like giggling and stuff over there. Like you see Nurk just like jumping up, like, come on, let's go. And like, it's so good to see that. So these guys are teachable and Durant can be a leader and he should be all the time.
0: Yeah. That's what I saw tonight that I think was important on a game in which Devin Booker's out and Devin Booker's kind of the alpha of this team. We know it. We know that Kevin Durant, is one of the most talented players in the history of the NBA. And he's okay letting this be Devin Booker's team. He's okay with Devin Booker being the alpha. He's okay with the guy who's 27 and in his prime trying to take command, knowing that at any point, KD could pop. And that's one thing that I'm sure Devin Booker loves. It's like, hey, you've come to Phoenix. You've come to the team that I've been playing for for nearly a decade, and you can pop at any time, and I love playing alongside you. But Devin Booker's out tonight has a hip injury, a sore hip day-to-day. We'll see how long that designation carries on, if it affects him short-term or if it affects him long-term or if it's just, uh, he, you know, it was rainy and cold in Phoenix and something in his hip was acting up, I don't know. But Kevin Durant comes out and scores 11 of the fun- the Suns' first 16 points and sets the tone right off the bat and says, hey, I'm I'm going to lead us to victory tonight, guys. And then, as you mentioned, as the game progressed, Bradley Beal started to pop, and we'll talk about him momentarily. But Kevin Durant really took on that leadership role, trying to better those around him via passing, via coaching on the sidelines, via coaching in the game. After, you know, there's one play where they have a fast break going, and Drew Drew Eubanks, after two consecutive slam dunks on passes from Kevin Durant, has a fast break going, and it's him and Durant, and he decides to take the ball instead of passing off to Durant. Durant's give him a little give him a little. Professional ribbing as he's fouled on the play, probably telling him something like, yo, that this is one where you can give it to me now. OK, uh, but at the same time, you know, joking with him and, and, and being appreciative of his aggressiveness to draw the foul. Right. He didn't make a bonehead play yeah. and just like bounce it off his knee because that would get Durant like, come on, man, like either pass it to me or don't turn the ball over. But then, yes, the picture that I pulled up of him coaching Bull bowl, bowl on the sidelines as well with an iPad in between game or in between plays, showing him what he sees from a defensive standpoint. Kevin Durant, now that this roster has settled, is going to continue to do something that he does. And that's he's a silent leader. He does the little things to lead. He's not out there being the overly vocal leader that everybody stands and, and uh, had a pension for. And he's, he's not trying to. To show like LeBron, I hate to go there, but LeBron does things for the moment to make himself look equality like yeah. when he's really not. He'll sit there and be talking, and like you'll see his eye glance at the camera, and then he'll like really get intense. He's like, Oh shit, the camera's watching. I gotta be a mm-hmm. at this moment. Whereas Katie do not care. Katie's doing those little things. And I love the fact that he was having that conversation with Bull Bull because Bull Bull, I honestly believe a couple things. One, Bull Bull said it himself. The fact that Kevin Durant's playing here is one of the reasons that he wants to play here because he's a long guy just like him. And to see what Kevin Durant's done in his career, he wants to be around that and he wants to learn from him. And two, I I think that with Kevin Durant around, it's going to affect Bull Bowl in a positive way. And we've seen that. We've seen some great basketball. And tonight was another good Bowl Bowl game. So all of those intangibles that Kevin Durant brought tonight were vital to this win, a win that is is a tricky one with the trade deadline. It's, a, and I, I, we'll talk about that when we talk trade deadline stuff, but I really, really liked what I saw from Kevin Durant, not only offensively, but getting his teammate involved, coaching them on the sidelines and during the game, it was just a complete effort from Katie. And I'm just, I continue to be impressed and blessed that he's on this team, man. Where's Maya? Yeah, you hear yeah. that? Maya? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> the love. <laughs> hey, yeah, I love Kevin Durant. Um, His. Okay. So, There's a few plays that were out there like you can see him trying to grab everybody really quick for a huddle, but they picked up a little bit of audio tonight where he's just like, guys, I see you covering the perimeter, but we need help on the boards. That was towards the end of the game. He's just like, let them know, like cover the perimeter, but we still need help. We need that group rebounding. we need everyone down here to help out stuff like that. And. Like you said, man, these guys look up to Katie. It means a lot for them, for him to sit there right next to them, scoot over a seat and be like, all right, let's just go through this. I'm actually listening. I'm actually responding in a respective manner, unlike LeBron, who like sits – I love how we're just like throwing a little bit of shade at LeBron while we're doing this. He I'm always, over showing, in the corner with I'm always throwing shade at LeBron. Yeah, yeah. He's like away from the huddle. Mm-hmm. Like you always get those, those video clips. He's like
0: mad at his team when they're not yeah. performing well or something.
1: Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's disgusting. So this is where like, you know, Kevin Durant is the better player over LeBron, definitely in this instance.
0: In a, in a leadership capacity, absolutely. And I like that you brought up the audio part because that is important because you're playing against the the Jazz, which are one of the top offensive rebounding teams in the league. They ended up having 19 offensive rebounds tonight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that, that that's a challenge. They ended up giving up uh, 20 second chance points to the Jazz while only scoring six second chance points themselves. Now, granted, when overall as a team, you're shooting 60% from the field, there's not going to be a lot of second chance opportunities because your first shot's going in the majority of the time. But there's always a dangerous combination when you allow those offensive rebounds. And we've talked about that. If you allow offensive rebounds and you turn the ball over a ton, you will lose the game. And that's been kind of the recipe for the, the Suns' losses as of late tonight, they gave up those offensive rebounds. They gave up 22nd chance points, but total turnovers, they only had 12 and they only gave up 15 uh, points off those turnovers. That's been kind of that backbreaker for the Phoenix Suns. So, you put all that together you take into account that the phoenix suns ended up going uh 14 of 29 from beyond the arc that's 48.3% and it turns out to be an easy victory and part of that great three point shooting was the 6 of 8 from beyond the arc from Bradley the batman-masked beast I should do that drop. I should redo it instead of having Bradley Noel sing it. I should be, it should be me and the Batman voice. Like, yeah. Where is she? You should redo it. You're not the only the one. one.
1: The Batman voice. You're the best Bradley. Bump, bump. <laughs> the whole pod should just be Batman. Oh my God. You think you can do that? Yeah, well, I'll have a spinoff one called the Batman Podcast. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I think everyone would get kind of sick of it, though, quick. You know what I mean? It's, it's nice where it's every other pod that way the anticipation like oh tonight's matthew but tomorrow or the next game i look forward to john doing the batman but tonight everyone and then, then there's a new Nick, character there's a new matthew, character has, a matthew so has a new matthew has a new subreddit. stay tuned <gasps> yeah no more no Teaser. more the king is dead all right the king is dead guys whoa <laughs> yeah Damn. so someone else is coming up someone else was in the jazz okay. subreddit okay i can't wait well, let's do
0: the subreddit no we're gonna talk about bradley yeah, beal. okay bradley beal 30 points tonight on six of nine a, a shooting from beyond the arc he was 11 21 overall seven assists for him as well two rebounds five turnovers from bradley beal i didn't realize he turned the
1: ball over that much yeah yikes, yikes. what do you see from Beal tonight yeah, was, uh, oh you know um uh, besides this uh South house soto <laughs> says i can't believe how many layups Beal misses all the time man so he does. And I was talking to someone at work. So there's two things I talk about. Bulbul entering the starting lineup by the time the, the playoffs start, right? This is just the way I am. I throw this crazy nutty shit out there. He's like, wait, hold on. You have a podcast. You have media credentials. <laughs> and I'm over here just like schooling you what the Suns should be doing. And the other thing I talk about is Bradley Veal. I kind of just need a little bit more. I need a little bit more. I'm not comfortable with the guy yet. And he's like, well, what do you need from him? He's scoring 30 points a game. Like, what else do you need? I'm like, there's just certain things, dude, on the court. Body language is my thing, all right? And it's not quite there yet. I love his game. I love what he brings to this team, obviously. that doesn't That doesn't discount the fact that I'm thinking that he can go another level. So I know he's played not that many games this year. He's been struggling to stay healthy. But now that he's on a little run and he's actually mm-hmm. collecting some games underneath him, I'm excited to see what else he can bring just body language wise. And it's just something missing. I don't know what it is. And it's maybe it's the missed layups, but there's just something else missing from him. So when that game comes, when I see that, I'm like, Oh, there he is. There he is. So I know he's a great scorer and he's what about the great, game against Washington. The game against Washington.
0: Yeah. We what went 45.
1: No, that's what I'm saying. It's, that's what he was saying. He's like, what else does he need to do? He scored 45. I'm like, I'm just saying as a whole, there's something missing to where in that starting lineup, in the death lineup, yeah, there's fucking great games. That's fine. But there's just moments where I'm like, oh, I just don't see it right now. It's not complete yet. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. He'd probably say the same thing. There's something off, but maybe he'll maybe he'll mention it in an interview or something. Maybe he'll be like, you know, I was listening to Matthew Lissy and he's great. This is what it is. No, so
0: correct he just said uh, at the press conference that something's wrong with his body language. And he quotes, there's some guy who dresses up like Elvis Presley <laughs> who, yeah. who, who we no longer know who that yeah. is because the King is dead. No, I get what you're saying with Bill.
1: Yeah. Uh, he is awesome. That's what I'm what, saying. He's awesome, but there's just something missing. What right you now.
0: saw from Bill when he was in Washington was a complete and utter comfortability, which makes sense. He was there for 11 season season. He owned that city. He was comfortable there, and and he played like it. And there is some uncomfortability. I guess I can see where you're where you're coming from from a body language you standpoint. Don't have to. It's fine. It's no. Just it's okay. I get I get what you're saying because because again, like it's it's a comfortability thing, and there's times where he looks uncomfortable out there. You know, it's times where he's in the middle of a decision. That's why he m- misses some of those layups sometimes. But I'm not complaining about that 30 points tonight. I'm not complaining about that six and nine from beyond the arc. No, it's nice to see it. him get crisp from beyond that arc, be comfortable with that mask on. This is his third consecutive game where he shot the ball well from deep. And I think that he's really started to turn a corner. So it's like, okay, what's next? Is it an elbow or like. You know at first it was the back and then it was the ankle and then it was the
1: face yeah. It's like
0: it's gonna be a finger or something i already can see it coming it's just kind of i
1: don't i don't really worry about that anymore when he fell to the ground a few times now on those layups i don't really worry too much about the injuries at all like anymore i kind of just skipped my mind but
0: well i'm here to put it right back in there Mw-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. Mw-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. let's talk about bow <laughs> Bowl, bull, motherfucker. say what lob lob bowl bowl man another good mm. good performance from him tonight 14 mm. minutes played only six points that's all he had he only had yeah. one rebound
1: hell yeah dude that's how he they me, only dude. gave him credit for two blocks get the are you serious he had four he had- like in a minute yeah, he had three in a two-minute span. I wrote the I wrote it yeah. in a piece. He had two
0: on one position and won the next one. That's dumb. Even, no, he had but three. even it says it says two on ESPN.
1: No, I'm on ESPN, it says three. What? I'm gonna hit refresh. That's weird. Yeah, maybe you're like still stuck in the second quarter or something. Nope, or that two says, minutes. It, span. It
0: says bull two blocks. you're <laughs> oh, really? looking on NBA.com, NBA.com. What time bull, zone are you in? Two blocks. Oh, that's true. Two blocks. Yeah. That's dumb. Yeah, uh, but he but he was great, man. He had that. He had like a couple really good plays. He had the one where he faked out Troy Hendricks, who also was faked out by Kevin. That that rookie, he was taken ninth overall by Utah. <laughs> On one play, Kevin Durant crosses him over. The guy just falls over, and then he dunks the ball. And then like three plays down the court, Bull Bull has the ball in transition and he kind of does that long step to the right, and he thinks he's going to pass it to the right. And he just he just runs out of his way, and Bull Bol's like, I'm just going to go right to the rim, boom. And it was just like back-to-back plays where that Troy Hendricks kid got pwned. Uh, but you saw that from him. You saw those blocks. I thought he had more than one rebound. I could have swore I saw a couple really good rebounds. But again, Bates Diop isn't on this team anymore because Bull bull has been playing this well. That's just a yeah. fact. If yep. Bol, Bol doesn't show up and show out like he has for the past few games since he's been back and what he flashed earlier in January. K debates the opposite on this team because you need somebody to fill those minutes. But those are big minutes again from Bobo. And I feel like I'm on repeat, but 14 minutes like that's great from him. The fact that he's playing as effective as he is, is Kevin Durant has a great first quarter, right? He goes out, he scores 19 points in the first quarter and plays the entire first. He plays five minutes in the second. Because he can rest for seven minutes because Bol Bull Bol's being productive enough in that time frame. That's what's big about what Bol Bull Bol's bringing right now is he's allowing Kevin Durant to get rest. And that's what we need from our second team unit is production to give our stars rest. And that's my primary thing with Bull Bol right now is that's how productive
1: he's being. Yeah, he uh, he had a rough start. He was in foul trouble a little bit, three fouls. yeah, Pretty quick in the game, but... The way he finished the game in the fourth quarter, that's the most important thing. It's like he's going to have these rough starts. It's like, oh, wait, never mind. I'm not I don't buy in the bowl. It's like, no, well, let's see how he responds. So when he comes back in the fourth quarter in that span, he had the three blocks and then he had another shot deterrence. Like that's what he can bring. Right. He doesn't really give up defensively. He'll continue to basically catch up to every guy. Right. He kind of gets out of place a little bit, but he has, of course, a wingspan to catch up but it's just a determination to continue to get better and take those shots. Those little jump hook shots that are over not jump hook, but they're like a real shot. Like, and he like is crouched into a ball or I don't even know. It looks so fucking funny, but he's like 10 feet over the dude. Yeah. He when he's over County like George. Yeah. 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 And I love the way he finished. I just wanted to see him finish. It's like, well, can you come back? Do You have the confidence of believing yourself to come back and actually finish out this game, help the Suns win the game. And he did. That was another big step for him, man. I'm I'm seriously I'm going to say it every pod dude this guy has to stay healthy for us to win a championship I think he's going to make big plays in the playoffs I know I kid about I don't know if I kid about him being a starter he, he'll never be a starter okay but Good. I do see 25 minutes in the future for this guy and he needs more and more minutes for sure um great game Bobo. love you
0: well and one of the key moments in this game is the Suns in typical fourth quarter fashion open up by allowing a 60 run right and it's like you can almost feel the crowd getting a little tense but it's bull bull who who shut that down you know it's he 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 jukes that that's when that juke play happened on Troy Hendricks is all of a sudden the crowd is electric because that's what he brings is, is he brings that electricity and that's what kind of Ease the tension, if you will. And that's that's where the Suns lack in the fourth quarter sometimes is they just need like they need to they need to have a good possession or, or an exciting play, especially at home in the fourth quarter, to get the the heebie jeebies off of their back, if you will, and mm-hmm. allow themselves to have the confidence to close out the game. Now, granted, fourth quarter overall, they only score 20 points, right? I mean, this team had 109 points through three quarters and only scored 20 because they are midway through the through the quarter there was a, a period where it was like three minutes it felt like where neither team was scoring. It was stuck on like mm-hmm. 120 to 104 or whatever it was for the longest time. Uh, so there's still some opportunity there. But credit to Bull Bull for getting the, the crowd behind the Suns again and allowing them to to close out the Jazz in the fashion that they did. So – really really happy with this. yeah
1: and really quick too seth logan hopkins says why does bubble ever jump on d he will figure it out uh it was funny because he did and he was drawn to a foul and you could just see bill be like mm, you don't need to and he's just like well he's like mm. he's like shaking his head he's doing that bill thing like don't no you don't need to man just put your put your arms up he's all like, put your arms up dude Great yeah stuff. you're locked
0: your longest teaching tonight
1: dude without book on the court they can teach these guys right maybe books are problem
0: (laughs) well the trade deadlines passed, so i don't think they're going to be uh i know (laughs) i don't think they're going to be getting rid of him so uh what else you got in your notes before we talk a little bit about the trade deadline
1: uh let me see i think um we went over we went over the big shit, you know the three point lead that they it dwindled down to three points there in the third, and then boom, right back up run. to ten, just like that. So yeah. that's this team. Um, that was huge. That's about it. That's about it. Nothing like that.
0: That was uh, there was Grayson Allen too. He started point guard and hitting Eric Gordon for threes. Yeah, it was it was what 80, 81 to seventy eight, and then they ran off thirteen in a row. And you're like, okay, game's over. Well, that means you were hanging out in Salt Lake tonight on the on the the subreddit, <laughs> the Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout.
1: Who's this? All right, so you've heard of the Valley Boys, right? Well, what about the Valley <laughs> Girls? Right? So maybe the housewives with my gray hair. I don't know. The real housewives of the Phoenix Suns? Yeah. So <laughs> maybe order a new wig. I don't know. I'm just hanging out. <laughs> David,
0: who, who's uh, AJW. Oh, wow. Who's this hottie?
1: <laughs> None of your business. All right. Just listen up, right? <laughs> okay. Let's see. Real housewives of Salt Lake City. <gasps> Oh boy, I don't turn anybody on tonight. That's yeah. not my meaning. All right. So I've never seen Eric Gordon miss a shot versus the Jazz. <laughs> I never. I never. What? <laughs> if Eric Gordon. <laughs> I got to mute. I got to mute this. <laughs> if Eric Gordon's games against the Jazz were representative of his career, he'd be a Hall of Famer. All right. I was in the club earlier, but now I'm out of the club. So, Man, I don't like anyone on the Suns team. I hated Nurkic for years. And (laughs) I used to love when Rudy would completely shut him down. Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, Nurkic. It's the whole who of hatred. I don't know what that meant, but whatever. Just put it in there. (laughs) So the game in a nutshell. Hey, Suns, do you want the ball? Here, take it. Hey, sons, do, do you want wide open threes? Here, take it. That was basically in a nutshell. Who's. <laughs> who's mascot? This is so good, dude. So this is I know. I'm so glad I switched it up, right? Maybe I'm not. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe people will like me more this way. His mascot is worse. The Heat are Thunder. I don't know why that was in there. So.
0: Randomly, they just talk about the Thunder.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's all I had. That's it.
0: All right, Real Housewives of the Valley Boys. Thanks for thanks for hanging out in Salt Lake for us. I'm,
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> Catch you later.
0: The Sun's Jam Session. Subreddit
1: Stakeout. Okay. My face hurts. Good. I, I hope that was okay. I think that oh. was better. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm a trans so oh, that, cool. that,
0: that was so good <sighs> Dagoon L- Lissy identifies as what as a what the fuck <laughs> oh my god a
1: little too good maybe I don't know let's see right. maybe that's my future
0: alright uh,
1: oh, oh geez AJW Josh Giddy is coming for you <laughs> yeah One well, I'm too old <laughs>
0: star of the game. All right, Jamsters. It's a reminder: uh, costumes don't costumes aren't cheap. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Matthew needs a new wig. need a new wig. He needs yeah. a new wig for that bit. <laughs> um, but let us know in the chat who your Jam star of the game was, Matthew. I think on this one, I'm going to go with Grayson Allen. I know that Katie was. God, I really. Yeah, I'm giving it to Grayson. He had 14 assists. Yeah, he almost insane. doubled up his career high. He helped move that ball around. KD did so much in this, but I really appreciate Grayson. And I don't give it to him too often. So this one goes to GA for me. Who do you got?
1: Yeah, I'm giving it to Grayson for sure. I just that's incredible. 14 assists, and I really had no idea until late in the game. Like I had no idea. So good for him, man. Reminds me of Steve Nash. Same guy out there.
0: Deal and Durant from David Ray. Uh Dagoon is teetering between arousal and disgust. <laughs> Katie and Pass and <laughs> Allen are are my uh jam stars from from John Tran. Uh Sun's Fever jam star Allen for the ball handling tonight. Um uh, Lissy's housewife for jam star from the McReddies. Uh, the whole family apparently. Housewife of The Housewife <laughs> <laughs> <Where>? <laughs> Uh Sensei Durant from Saul in the chat, the real deal Beal from Kiko, uh Missy Lissy and also KD <laughs> there you go. That from, brings back
1: memories <laughs>
0: from uh, from Blaze Megatron. Bio, BO Bo yeah. from Maya. I don't know who that is. GA from Prescott Mark. Bull Bull. Uh she was oh, starting to that's a what I thought. Okay, Bull Bull from Maya. Yeah. Alan from AJW. Uh Lissy in French means something. Point Allen from Michael Kolb, uh, KD from Jam. So a lot of all over the place. That, that that's how you know it's a team win, right there. Is when the Jamsters are giving us a bunch of different answers on who the Jam Star is. And yeah, it, it truly means good. that there was a, a good quality team win tonight by the Phoenix Suns. So, well, here we are, thirty-seven minutes into the pod. Just want to talk a little bit about the trade deadline. But before I do that, legacy style, you're down with KBD. Get yeah, you are know down with KBD. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with KBD? Every last lady. Uh, uh, where's my dog, Jordan. What? Dog wins. Uh, there's my dog.
1: Hey,
0: I just met you, and this is crazy. Here's my number. Four.
1: So call me uh, maybe.
0: It does hurt your feelings a little bit when the trade deadline happens because you know some guys are going that you worked very hard on those drops for and we'll only get to play them whenever we play Brooklyn, which we won't the rest of the season and memphis and i don't know if we play them again this season uh but the phoenix suns if you if you didn't listen to the 2024 trade deadline reaction show between suns geek and myself you're going to catch some of uh, the same probably observations from me here but talking to matthew for the first time it brings me to another question oh mate i've got to ask I guess I got two questions for you as it pertains to the trade deadline. First, should there be games on the trade deadline day?
1: (laughs) You know, I kept seeing that um, like later today on Twitter, they were talking about just having the day off. And I think it kind of makes sense. I mean, did you see Brooke Lopez or not Brooke, uh, Robin Lopez reading a book on the sideline because he was traded, I guess, like, and (laughs) he's just reading a book at the game. He's like, well, (laughs) yeah, it's just like, uh yeah, it's weird. I mean, you do you think so? Yeah, I
0: think the NBA should turn it into an event. It's like it's always right before the Super Bowl. It's like turn it into a it's trade deadline day. Like no games yeah. tonight. You know, the trade deadline, move it back to like 5 p.m. Arizona time, 8 p.m. Eastern. Give us a full day of it. yeah Turn it into an event. Like and and because here here's what the one thing I don't like about it is you look at nights like tonight, right? The Suns are in the middle of a playoff run, in the middle of a of a rock fight in the Western conference and you, the sun's traded out four players today. So they're shorthanded. Booker is out. That's five players. They're shorthanded. They're down a third of their team. And then you also have Damian Lee out. So they're, they're down more than a third of their team. If they lose this game because of that, and then you look at the standings at the end of the season and they fall a game out of the, the, the standings and, and end up in the play in game. Like this is, it's not fair. You get penalized for trying to make your team better if you have to play today. And that's the same to be said with any team that had to play today. There's going to be, it happened last year. We got killed by the Atlanta Hawks. Now, granted, we can never win in Atlanta anyways, but we got killed by the Atlanta Hawks because we had traded for Kevin Durant and we had no wing depth that game. So it's got to be a day in which there's no games going on and you can make the trades and you're not compromised because of it. That's just my two cents on it.
1: Yeah, I think it makes sense. I think they did a good job of moving it before the All-Star game. The next step is this. Is this like the first year we kind of heard about this, like having a trade deadline day? Because I don't remember last year. Like we just, I remember being
0: from... upset about it last year because oh, really? it was the same okay. thing. Yeah, the Suns were in the middle of, the, of a playoff fight. I'm like, why are we playing today? This isn't fair. Yeah. We are it's being like penalized day, right? because we got Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's a sick day for the yeah. whole NBA. So be that's, awesome. just, that's just my thought. I love the, this. The, the second question I have for you is, Talking about what happened today. So for those of you who don't know, uh, I didn't create a graphic and I should have. I had time today. Uh, Royce O'Neal is now a member of the Phoenix Suns, as is David Roddy. The Suns sent out Chimetsi Metu, Yuta Watanabe, Jordan Goodwin, and Keita Bates Diop. Two went to one team, two went to another. They sent out some picks, got some pick swaps back, some 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 changing of hands with, the, with draft picks. But ultimately what the Phoenix Suns did is they added Royce O'Neal, they added David Roddy, and they've opened up two roster spots, which they will fill uh, with the buyout market, which is great. because gives us something to talk about till March 1st. So did the Suns get better, worse, or stay the same today? That's the question.
1: I think they got a ton of better. Um, I think they got a little bit more confidence in their role players. Uh, that guy, Royce O'Neal, he'll just come in. He'll be himself. He knows his role, basically. You know, Like everyone said, you've seen all Twitter. I don't know if I should repeat you know, The cutter, three-point shooter, spot-up shooter. It's pretty solid, man. You need that wing defender. You got him. Um, It's nothing crazy, though, obviously. But it just seems like something that all the fans, everyone is in agreement, like this was a perfect move. It wasn't anything too crazy. He didn't go after Miles Bridges, who will likely be re-signed next year. Um, That was kind of like the prize, I feel like. But I feel like a lot of fan bases. But I know he didn't want to be traded. And he denied it, but it would have just been so brutal here if he were to come yeah. here and then everyone would be upset. So you went the safer way. You got a guy that's a need, and you got rid of four players that you just couldn't use. You just could not use in a rotation. But this guy for sure will um, definitely use up some minutes and some quality minutes. So I'm pretty excited about it. And it's kind of weird to like hear about it a few days before. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, maybe not. Maybe it'll happen, but it did happen. So it's kind of like one of the first times that's ever <laughs> happened, I feel like.
0: Well, I think that was uh the the big body toddy, big body roddy. That was the one that I didn't see happening, right? Like I, yeah, I have no, no idea. I'm not familiar. Yeah. David Roddy, like I kind of remember him when we played he played against us earlier in the season. He's just a big round dude who's thick, uh, 6 foot 4 but plays power forward and he scored 14 points against the Suns in a game earlier this season. So that was kind of the curveball that we never really saw coming. But that being said, Royce O'Neal was definitely somebody who was on the Suns radar. And this is the way that I look at it. And this is kind of part of the conversation I had with Suns Geek. So I'm going to regurgitate this. One thing that we've talked about, and most notably me on this podcast, is the challenge that we've had with a lot of our second team unit guys is they're too passive. When they're out there playing, they're going to be out there. At no point is not a member of the big three out there. Kevin Durant's out there, Bradley Beal or Devin Booker's out there. A combination of two or potentially all three. And When that happens, you have these guys who are here on prove it deals, who are playing tentative. They're playing cautiously. They're playing to make the to not make the wrong decision versus making the right decision. And when that happens, they're not playing to the best of their basketball ability. They're playing. They're playing scared. When you look at all four of the guys who went out, that's literally what happened. Jordan Goodwin probably not as much, but definitely Udonis Nobby. Definitely Kade Bates Diop. Chimezie Metu maybe at times. But that's that's what happened. So now you, you bring in a guy and kudos to the Suns. They took their they took four contracts, they stacked them, and they got a guy who's worth $9 million. They got a guy who's worth the other four guys. It's it's a great move. Great move by James Jones. But they got a guy who's 30 years old, who has 44 games of playoff experience, yep. confident, who's not afraid to shoot the three ball. That's the challenge, right? You don't want to not be got afraid to shoot the three ball. It's like, dude, we brought you here to shoot the three ball. He's pump faking guys driving and then throwing the ball away. He doesn't know what he's doing on defense. So now you're bringing a guy who's confident enough in himself to play next to those big three. I think that that is a great move. What James Jones did is he corrected the mistakes of the summer. This past summer, we were excited for all four of these guys to join the team, one of them via trade in Jordan Goodwin for as a part of the Bradley Beal trade, and the other three as veteran minimum deals. And those vet men deals didn't play out the way that we wanted it to. So you know what you do? You correct the mistake. You take all those guys, you package them up, you send them off, and you bring in a guy who's, who's proven to have the ability to step up and hit big shots and isn't afraid to do so next to the likes of Kevin Durant, who he's played with before. So I think it's an absolutely great move. I, I'm interested to watch more of David Roddy and seeing how he fits into this equation. Sounds like he's a guy who plays physical, which is something that we need. We are a finesse team, so we need some more physical players. These are both physical players. Royce O'Neill's a three-and-d guy who will hit the three-ball. He he makes your your second team unit much more tougher. He's a top seven guy in this rotation. Eric Gordon was the sixth best guy. We all knew this, right? It was like Grayson Allen, Nurkic, the big three, Eric Gordon. And then like from a talent level, it's just like poof, falls off a cliff and we like, and we hope that these guys can be good. Royce O'Neal is a, a quality seventh guy. So I like the way that uh, Zona Hoops, who is on the Locked On Suns podcast sometimes, a writer for Bright Side of the Sun. He goes, this is my take on what the Suns did today. They acquired one player that they can trust to play 15 to 20 minutes in a playoff game they only had six of those previously they trimmed the roster fat and opened two spots for what should be a rich buyout market it was a solid day i completely agree with that observation
1: yeah it was awesome and i think the the biggest thing for the suns is um just letting go of those guys you know you came into the season with a roster that you felt was pretty adequate it was a team that you thought had a chance to go to the finals and win it all with the big three Great supporting cast. At least we all thought so. And you realize quickly, like they're not even it's not panning out. And they had to go. So to suck it up and just move on, they know they had to make that decision. So it's good. And with Royce and Eric Gordon, like it's kind of nice to have both of them, right? Because Eric yes. Gordon, he's had like his three or four game slump. So he can fill that void. Just the way I feel like this is how I think with Bulbow and Eubanks, where they have to play together and they have to pick pick each other up it makes sure that they're dominant on the glass and they can shot deter and like hit the pick and rolls. And they're ready for that. These other, these two guys, they can kind of be the same way, but in their own aspect of shooting and, you know, defense for Royce. But I, I just like the fact that you just have some solid dudes now, right? It is yes. a, a good seven. It's a good seven with a little bit of sprinkles of some other guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And your second team unit's going to have an identity. And I truly believe that because the previous identity, because again, that second team unit isn't a true second team unit. It's always going to be a hybrid because a member of the big three is going to be out there. But still, those second team guys need to have some semblance of an identity. And that identity shouldn't be, oh, shit, the ball's coming to me. I'm scared. I better not make the wrong decision. Or Kevin Durant or Devin Booker, Bradley Beal are going to be mad at me. Whereas Royce O'Neal be like, yeah, fuck yourself. Like, I know what I'm doing here too, man. Like, I, exactly. I missed a shot. So, uh, I did say a little bit earlier today when uh, I asked Suns Geek, I said, "Is there anything you're disappointed uh, with when it comes to the trade deadline?" So I'll ask you the same question: Is there anything that you're disappointed with around the trade deadline and the Phoenix Suns?
1: No, because I don't think there is much else out there. I really don't. I, I mean, there's some guys that. Um, Maybe went to some other teams where you kind of. Um, who did Dallas pick up? They picked up. Uh,
0: they got PJ Washington. PJ
1: Washington, which, you know, I feel like they got better with that as a great And they got up. rid of
0: Grant Williams because he just didn't mesh yeah, there. Yeah, thank
1: God. And they had to do that. And they I'm, got I'm Dan- they did. And
0: Daniel Gafford from Washington. Yeah, for PJ Washington was a big Holmes. Pickup.
1: Yeah, yeah. A big pickup by them. Um, but so we'll so if you see look how he the, meshes
0: with Luka, right? The yeah, Knicks exactly. The best That's always job, a thing. In my opinion.
1: I feel like they always kind of get. You know, some good pieces around the trade deadline, but it just how they mesh with Luka. Mm-hmm. But I just look at the rest of the teams out west and how much better they got. And not. Nothing yeah, really happened to be crazy. You're not too worried about the other teams. As yeah.
0: Well. A lot of Eastern conference teams fortified themselves. The Knicks definitely fortified yes. themselves. Uh, I don't know what the Pacers were doing, being given up buddy healed. I don't know what the jazz were doing by giving up Kelly Olynyk and a, you know, a Choey or whatever the guy's name, a couple other pieces like the, the jazz I don't know if they want to be buyers or sellers. So they just kind of sell the one thing that I was disappointed with. And I mentioned this on the show earlier was the fact that we kept Nasir little. Um, and the only problem I have with that is the fact that he's on the first year of a four year, 28 million dollar contract. And it's just it's a it's a tough contract. And I know that whenever I have this conversation with you, you say the same thing, contracts don't matter. But I feel in, in the new era of first and second apron teams, they can be limiting. And you want to make sure that you're getting bang for your buck for those guys. And that's the challenge I have with Little is there's not a lot of bang for your buck. Now, granted, tonight, albeit because they were on, uh, understaffed. Little got some play in some minutes. And if, if, if little is going to get some run and we can truly give him an opportunity to try to become what he is meant to be, you, you can either utilize him on the market and sell him next year or what have you, or he can actually turn into to be somebody productive for you. He has the athletic ability. It's the consistency. That's been a challenge uh i like what ajw says in the chat however he says little was a smart move use his contract for a trade asset in the future if he doesn't improve and that's what the Suns are going to have to do but the challenge we have is if he continues to not play is he's a 7.7 million dollar a year guy in two years that who's not playing so you're not getting any value from nobody wants that guy unless he's an expiring and he's not expiring until 2027 so that was the one thing i was disappointed with nothing too crazy if you will uh joey from charlotte joe from charlotte hit us up on twitter and he says at Son's jam i got a question maybe for the show later so if you guys ever have questions for the show just tweet at us at Son's jam we read all that stuff and this is a good question i thought i'd bring it up on the show so shout out to joe from charlotte i know that you like listening to the show and you uh if i remember correctly you called in on a call-in show a while ago and you drive a truck and you listen to us on the truck routes if i'm wrong forgive me for i've sinned it's been 20 years since my last confession he says uh, after signing our vet men guys this summer without knowing the return if you were told three would be traded and goodwin would you have thought the moves didn't pan out or they were so good that we got to pair them for a big trade does that question make sense
1: no actually i was going to ask you to repeat the question
0: i will repeat so. the question after signing our vet minimum guys this summer without knowing the return if you were told three would be traded and uh with goodwin would you have, th- uh, would you have thought that the moves didn't pan out? AKA, did would you think that if we traded these four guys, it's because they didn't pan out, or we traded these guys because they were so good that we got to pair them for a big trade?
1: Oh, okay, yeah, I would have thought the first option. Me, I too. would have thought, yeah. I mean, we were all very excited, but just high, high hopes. I think coming into a season, you just get really excited. You're like, oh, yuta yeah, let's go! Like these guys, they can hit these shots, right? They'll come in and just pick up the pace when they need to, or just hit corner threes when they need to. But you know, I don't know, man. I mean around even the the media, like they didn't think the Suns had that great of a roster. I think Eric Gordon was the biggest pickup for sure. But other than that, no, and I don't, I don't think I would have been so surprised for the first one.
0: Yeah. If, if you told me at the beginning of the season that we were trading those four guys, I would have thought it's because they failed because if you, if those guys were playing great, and you got them on vet minimum deals with a player option next year. I was like, hell yeah, dude. Like the plan that we were all excited for this past summer came to fruition. That was the ultimate goal and hope is that these veteran minimum guys would have the ability to step up and, and play the way that we all hope that they could. They just, they just didn't. And that's, kind of where we landed. So, overall, I think the Suns did a good job on the trade deadline. Obviously, the next top of the conversation that we're going to have not here tonight as all the dust settles from the trade deadline is the buyout market again. The Suns have two open roster spots. It is a little tricky, however, because the Suns can only afford to bring in guys who were waived that make less than $12.4 million, which is the uh the average salary in the NBA. So, Spencer Dinwiddie was waived. He's going to help somebody. He ain't going to help us. He was making 19 million or 30 million. I don't know what the fuck he was making. He's making too much. So it's definitely something that we have and will continue to monitor considering the fact that you have until March 1st to sign a player and they can be on your postseason roster. So when we think about buyout guys, that's one one aspect of the equation is they have to make have to have made less than 12 for a year to join the suns the other factor in the equation you have to realize is phoenix is a good team there will be guys who will be interested so we are going to have our pick so it's going to be something to discuss is what do you feel our needs are and does somebody out there on the buyout market meet those needs so that's another conversation for another time i myself need to research it's definitely a series we'll be running on brightsideofthesun.com. so we'll have polls and things in there so if you get a chance to and you see one of those articles up pop in there read what we have to say vote on the poll because i want to get a good sense of what our readers and our listeners think that the suns need to address and then we can start to align though with those with what players are available that we can actually go and pursue and see if that's actually who we end up getting sound good
1: what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. All right, I got one more thing. I got one more
0: gripe and this is this is where every, is every, every, everybody you can you can log off now. Shows over. This is just Everyone exit this, the room. Please leave the room. This is me and Matthew just talking. So, uh Bill Simmons drives me nuts, man. Um So I got two things. Uh, Have you have you been listening? How much Bill Simmons have you listened to recently?
1: So last pod that came out Wednesday, I listened Mm. maybe twenty minutes. Okay,
0: okay, so you didn't listen. That was that that was the uh, the the trade value one, right? Trade value. Yep. Okay, so so I guess I'm just going to spoil that one for you. Uh, There's that one, and then he had he had a two parter today. So I listened to the first part today, and there's two things that just drives me nuts so in the player value one right uh and again like you and i we we, i'll listen to bill simmons religiously i just like listening to his points of view it drives me nuts he's a he's a boston celtic fanboy like there's things about there's things that you listen to this podcast can't stand about it there's little nuances and the fact that i say negate a lot probably is like god voida we get it get a new word uh and that's how i feel when i listen to bill simmons but so he's doing his trade value thing and he, and it's a countdown to the guys, whatever. And he, when he hits like this, the top 15, he just starts going through all the guys, right? He's like, you know, like 15 bam out of bot. And like, I'm not saying the correct guys was like bam out of bio. And you know, he's shooting percentages down and this, and that. he gets, he's us off like 10 stats. And he's like, you know, number 14, Darren Fox, you know, was robbed as an all-star, but he's going to end up being an all-star, blah, 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 Numbers number, you know, and he's going down the line he's like, number eleven. Tyler Hero, uh, you know, shooter. I think that his trade value due to his contract is going to be really good. Number 10, Devin Booker. Number nine, Tyrese Halliburton. So he skips like right over Booker. Like he's got bios on everybody. He hits Booker, just says, Number 10, Devin Booker. Number nine was Tyrese Halliburton. And just went off on how great Halliburton is. I'm like, dude, like, give fucking Devin Booker some love, man. You've given everybody in the top 15 you're talking two minutes about. And Devin Booker, he gets like, just, we know that he's number 10. It's just annoying.
1: Even when he talks about him, dude, like his his tone of his voice changes drastically. It does def- like, definitely does. He tries to hide it, but there's something there. He must have. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what. Obviously, we know I what happened—the really want- seventy points. But I'm just saying, there's there's something there, and I'm I'm glad I didn't hear that man. So I and, have pissed and then, off.
0: And and then the other one today that pissed me off on the drive home is he's talking about he you know Racillo's back on, and I love it because I love Rassilo. podcast is so much better, anyways. Uh, but so Racillo and him. It are talking about uh teams that you know have the potential to win a title and they're going through and and russell and uh russell's like yeah i got like nine teams and he kind of went through his teams and phoenix was one of them and then like bill simmons is he, he's talking about it and he's calling him win a title but he's like there's guys that you know there's teams that like can win a title but you know here's a reason why i'd be shocked if they could and he gets to Phoenix and he's just like, and I just, I don't trust Nurk. Uh, he's he, like, he's so obsessed with how much he doesn't like Nurkic. He's like, well, Nurkic is about to, he, he's like 10 games away from playing the most games he's played since 2019. I just don't trust it. And, and then he moves right off of it. And then like, even, even rusillo like backs him up. He's like, dude, they're like, what they're doing with him is, is a lot different than what Portland did with him. And he's playing great. He's like, yeah, yeah, I just don't trust it oh, it just drives me nuts. Yeah, it's hard. Just and, I thought yeah. I'd share that with
1: you. No, no, that's good. And it, I think it's tough for him too because they were talking about, I think it was Larry David. Yeah, Larry David was on the pod, I think Monday. And uh, they were talking about the time he spends watching sports and like how much time and like, he just doesn't watch. Obviously he has the same thing. I just think he doesn't get, we're not one of his league.
0: We're we're not one of his league past teams.
1: Yeah. That's all it is. So honestly, if I were to talk about a team, I didn't know. I would probably say the same shit about the Suns. Like if I was not paying attention to the Suns, like yeah, nerds still healthy. Oh, that's not going to last. So I can kind of see that, but it's just, it's frustrating as Phoenix fans because he's always been such a, well, actually he did pick us to win the championship two years ago, but yeah.
0: But at the same time, like he's sitting there contradicting himself on big men he did that again in the in the trade value thing or whatever. He's just like, or or today he's just like, yeah, I feel like any team can go get a big man. I'm like, you weren't saying that three months ago, dude, with the fucking Timberwolves, and he's sitting there talking about injury prone. And meanwhile, he's like blowing Embiid half the year, and then Embiid's like the most injury prone guy ever, and yeah. now he's, he's invert in, uh, invert uh, injured again. Uh, and like AJW says, but he trusts KP. Like it's like, dude, I don't know. I just, yeah, it's
1: weird. I don't I don't know what that is, but um, just I just I can see the thing. but yeah, I don't. It's alright. I love it when KOC's on there, but last time I heard KOC in the pod, like, Bill Simmons was, like, kind of a dick to him. Did you hear mm-hmm, that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was that? Like, he's, he's like, and I don't know what... I don't he was, know like he was being
0: very dismissive team. of everything he that he was saying.
1: He was, like, yeah, and then he was, like, all with um, Joe House. He was just making sure that Joe House got, yeah. you know, his shit in, and he was just, like, like buddy-buddy with Joe House, and then KOC's, like, he's like what the fuck do you want? Alright, yeah, well, I don't agree with that, or whatever. And yeah, but I love it when Rusillo does know his he shit. He talks shit. And he's he like, talks "Hold shit back on, to... wait one second. I have notes on my notepad for this." Yeah, yeah. like I'm ready for watch <laughs> Watches games religiously. That guy. That's and all he does. It. That's all he does.
0: He's single. He just sits in Huntington yeah. Beach That's and watches fucking games or Manhattan Beach. Yeah. So and so, I've got a cabriolet, and most of all, I'm liquid. Here's what's oh, the, here's. Yeah. here's <laughs> I got to get that down. I got to get the the, the, the Affleck thing. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I remember that's the first time I ever seen Boiler Room is when I started listening to that uh, the Life Advice. I was yeah. like, I got to watch this movie. So
0: I've never watched it.
1: It's all right. Yeah. It's just fun. Yeah, Rosillo's fun. Yeah. all right
0: jamsters that's it uh you can come back to the pod now matthew and i are done bitching to each other about Put my clothes back on this is normally what we talk about if we're at like family functions uh i could have just waited till sunday you coming over for the super bowl yes sir all right or maybe just, i'll watch it with my mom i don't know we're, we're just <laughs> we're just getting pizza i'm not doing anything crazy i get my shot cool. the next day so
1: i was gonna say i'm probably gonna be really tired someday <laughs> so we'll see if i'm make it. I'm tired there. every day i'm tired every day Doesn't well,
0: there you go jamsters Thanks for hanging out. Hope you enjoyed that game against the Jazz and hope you enjoyed our takes on the trade deadline. Plenty more to come as the buyout market is around the corner and we will be coming to you live on Saturday night after the Suns go to Golden State and to play them one final time this season. So until then, go and love your family. Like a valley girl, Matthew.
1: What are you talking about? Oh.